0: All right, it's just going, we're going to go in and out today, but that's okay, so we'll do what we got to do. We are at our 11th installment of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, and I'll be honest with you, I've really enjoyed doing this, this series because... Um, in preparation, you know, you you learn a lot. But at the same time, it's kind of a double-edged sword because you get convicted of a lot. And so because I've heard that sharing is caring, when the Lord convicts me, I have to turn around and share that with you (laughs) on Sunday morning. Because in this sermon, Jesus has been showing us how to grow in our relationship with God, and how to grow in our relationship with each other. And today is one of those each other ones that we need to be aware of, and we probably all need a little work in this area. And like always, I'm talking to my, myself this morning. If, if, if you feel like you need to hear this, then by all means join in, but this is one of those areas that that it's not fun to talk about, but we need to make sure that we are relating to each other the way that we should. So we're in Matthew chapter 7, Matthew chapter 7, we're going to look at verses 1 through 6 today, Matthew 7, 1 through 6, do not judge lest you be judged. For in the way you judge, you will be judged, and by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. And why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, and behold, the log is in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give what is holy to dogs. Do not throw your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Father God, we ask that you bless the reading of your word. We ask, Lord, that you bless our time together today. Father, I just ask that you speak. Lord, this isn't my message. This is your message. Father, speak truth to us about how we can speak truth to others in love. And Father, let us take what you tell us today and apply it to how we live our lives and to everything we do and everything we say. Forgive us when we forget this. Your will be done in these next few moments. In Jesus' name, amen. So first, Jesus is saying here that we do not need to be judgmental. Do not judge lest you be judged. And we hear that, and what he's saying here, does that mean we're not supposed to tell the truth? No, of course not. Of course we are supposed to tell the truth. When we see things, we're... You know, and we're asked questions, we're, we're supposed to speak up. We're supposed to speak by the word of God, what God says about it. But there's a way that we can do this, and we need to make sure, make sure that we are avoiding unrighteous judgment. Romans 14.10 says, But you, why do you judge your brother? Or you again, why do you regard your brother with contempt? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of God. While we should be telling the truth of the gospel in love, it is not our job to be judge, jury, or executioner. We will all stand before the judge. All of us will stand before the judge. All of us will answer to him. We are not the judge, over everyone that we perceive to not be on the same path as us. The word in the Greek there, krino, to distinguish, conclude, determine, judge, esteem, decide. 1 Corinthians 4, 5 says, therefore do not go on passing judgment before the time, but wait until the Lord comes who will both bring to light the things hidden in the darkness and disclose the motives of men's heart. Then each man's praise will come to him from God. What we need to understand is it is not our job to conclude what somebody else is doing wrong. It's already been concluded for us. And we say, well, we know that. And and we, we see somebody doing something that goes against God's word, we call it out. But unfortunately, we're human. And here's the problem. We don't always discern what needs to be called out more than others. And we decide that there's certain things in here that we need to make a big deal out of. And then there's certain things in here that aren't a big deal. And that's not our job to do that. God's already decided what's a big deal. He is. And His children praising and loving and following and serving Him is. And so God is the righteous judge, and we need to point people to him rather than constantly informing them of everything we think they're doing wrong. And I know nobody in here does that, but today's going to be one of those days where we're just going to be real. I hope that's okay because that's what we're going to do. Because, you know, the world just has a bad opinion of us. We, we do not look good, not that we should care what the world thinks because we're in the world but not of it, but the world has a bad opinion of Christians, and part of the reason that the world has a bad opinion of Christians is that there are some of us that do act like we're better than others, and we are real quick to find fault with what everybody else is doing. It's real easy to look around and make a list of what everybody in here is doing wrong. Matter of fact, I decided I was going to do that this week. I I got some paper out, and I decided I was going to make a list of everything y'all do wrong. (laughs) But unfortunately, when I wanted to bring it in here to read it, it was too heavy. (laughs) But to be fair, I made a list of everything I do wrong, but then I opened the window, and it was so little it blew out. Okay, now y'all know I'm just kidding. (laughs) Y'all know I didn't really do that. But here's the point. If we were asked to make that list about other people, it'd be easy, wouldn't it? And if we were asked to make that list about ourselves, maybe not so much. So we need to remember... That we will be held to the same standards. Jesus says, for in the way you judge, you will be judged by your standard of measure. It will be measured to you. James four eleven and 12 says, do not speak against one another, brethren. He who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you're not a doer of the law, but a judge of it. There was only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? The law says, Love your neighbor as yourself. It says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Who likes to constantly be told what they're doing wrong? If any of you raise your hand, you're lying. Because you don't. Nobody does. So if we are to love our neighbors ourself, that whole do unto others as you'd have them do unto you, if every time they see us, we're like, oh, yeah, your, your hair's messed up, or your clothes are ugly, uh, you don't know how to mow your grass, your, your dog stinks, you know, whatever. We're always finding fault. We're not keeping the law. We're not loving our neighbor as ourself. We are judging the law. We're saying that the law isn't valid, that the law isn't any good because we're not keeping it. So the law says to love our neighbors as ourselves. When we judge others unrighteously, we're saying the law is not valid. We're trying to take the place of the true judge. So we have to understand that the same standards we apply to others are also being applied to us. Can't live by a double standard. We see this in our society all the time. There's double standards everywhere. You need to be doing this. But it's all right if I don't. Or you folks, we expect y'all to do this, 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 and this. Y'all do whatever you want. It's okay. That's not how it works. If you're going to hold somebody to a higher standard, you better be keeping that higher standard yourself. When we come to communion, we took time to examine ourselves. Paul says, examine yourself before you eat of the bread and drink of the cup, which means, Lord, show me if there's something in me that needs to change. Lord, show me what I can be doing to better serve you. It's not, Lord, these people around me, get them. Show me. Because this is where it starts. If if I can't get cleaned up, I can't help any of you to get where you need to get to. Mark 424, Jesus said, Take Take care of what you listen to. By your standard of measure, it shall be measured to you, and more shall be given to you besides. We can't expect everyone's life. To measure up to a certain standard and think that that same yardstick won't be held up to us. So we need to remember that. And we need to remember that that we're all human. And that we all have our faults. So Jesus is saying don't be judgmental. He's also saying don't be hypocritical. And why do you look at the speck that's in your brother's eye, but do you not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, and behold, the log is in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. I don't even have to come up with some witty illustration here. Jesus already did it. And if you don't believe me, go home and get a log and stick it in your eye. And then try to look and see if you can see a speck. See if you even care to look for a speck if you've got a log in your eye. Please don't do that. Don't go home, stick a log in your eye, and say the preacher told me to do that. But the point is who are we to think we're better than anybody else? We aren't, we're sinners. Just like everyone else, we all were born sinners. We all were separated from God. We all need the grace that only comes from putting our faith in Jesus and his work on the cross. None of us are saved without that. None of us are good enough on our own. We can't focus on others' faults. Matthew 26, 8 and 10, Jesus was was at someone's home and and the lady had poured the perfume on his feet and was washing his feet with her hair, and the disciples were indignant, and they saw this, and they said, Why this waste? For the perfume might have been sold for a high price and the money given to the poor. But Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why do you bother this woman? She has done me a good deed. Sometimes what we perceive as somebody's doing something wrong, it might not be. Just because it don't look the way we think it ought to look doesn't mean it's wrong. Now, if it doesn't line up with God's Word, yeah, it is. But sometimes we decide we're going to be the one to determine what's okay and what's not. It's not our job. It's not what God expects from us. Even if we mean well, like we just said, most people don't like being told what to do wrong. And if we come on too strong or too fast, here's the danger. We might push them away. And then we're going to lose a chance of winning them to the kingdom. We've got to be real careful how we talk to people. Whether it's people we know or, or especially people that we don't know. we got to make sure... That, that when we're trying to share the gospel, that, that the love comes out first. That we build those relationships, that we, we plant those seeds, that there is a God who will forgive, there is a God who loves, there is a God who gives hope. Not just, oh, you're a horrible person, you better get in church on Sunday. Who's coming to that? we got to love first. Paul says in Romans 14, 13, Therefore let us not judge one another anymore, but rather determine this, not to put an obstacle or a stumbling block in a brother's way. We can't be the reason somebody falls away. And I've seen it happen too many times. People go to churches, they're mistreated, they never come back. They feel judged, they feel like people think less of them, and they never come back. That's not what we're about, church. Not why we're here. And to do that, we have to realize our own faults. Romans 2.1, Paul says, Therefore you are without excuse, every man of you who passes judgment. For in that you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you, judge, practice the same things. And we cannot make the mistake of pointing out other sin and trying to come off as if we have no sin. Or if our sin's not as bad as theirs. And that's a mistake that we we see in the church and we've probably been guilty of. You know, maybe I do some things wrong, but I'm not as bad as those people. I don't do what those people do. I'm not like those people. And a lot of times on Sunday I hear, Pastor, you sure did tell those And I'm sure I'm going to hear it today. But let me let y'all in on a little secret. We are those people. We are all those people. We all have sinned. And without the grace of God, we would all be separated from him. So who are we to tell somebody who might not be on the same part of the path that we're on and haven't received what we've received that they're not any better than us or that we're any better than them? We are not. Paul says in 1 Timothy 1.15, it's a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners among whom I am foremost of all. Some of your translations say, I am chief. That word actually translates to best. Paul says, I'm the best sinner there is out there. And he was pretty good. He persecuted the church. He threw Christians in jail. He killed people. He stood there holding the coats of the men who stoned Stephen. And he became one of the greatest evangelists and missionaries ever. Because of the grace of God applied to his life. Every one of us has sin. Every one of us has stuff that we've done. Every one of us has problems. And, and we can't say because you did this and I did this, then yours is worse than mine. Sin is sin. Period. It all separates us. If you just told one little white lie and that's the only thing you ever did, you're still as guilty as the guy who murdered thousands of people. And the same grace that forgives him forgives you. And if we die without that grace, we will be separated regardless of what or how many times we did it. We got to quit this trying to measure sins. Sin is sin. Period. And we can stand... On the truth in love. And that's what Jesus is getting at. Ephesians 4.15 says. But speaking the truth in love. We are to grow up in all aspects. In the him who is the head. Even Christ. Sometimes we do well in one of these areas. We're real good at standing on the truth. We know what the Bible says. The Bible says this. It says this. It says this. And it does. And we need to stand on that. And we don't need to compromise that. But then we fall short of the love. And sometimes we, we do real good with the love. Like, oh yeah, you're okay. It don't matter what you do. Just keep doing, keep doing you. God don't care. And we fall short on the truth. But we have a perfect example that shows us how to do this right. And he's Jesus. When the woman was caught in adultery. And the men were going to stone her. John, John 8. They persisted in asking him. He straightened up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. It goes back to the whole log and the speck thing. If you're perfect, then you go ahead. We're not. Just in case you didn't get that already, we're not. And then they threw their rocks down. They began to go away and straightening up, Jesus said to her, Woman, where are are they? Did no one condemn you? And she said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go your way. From now on, sin no more. He didn't excuse what she had done. He didn't condone what she had done. He didn't tell her, Just live any old way. He stood on the truth, but he did it in love. There was grace applied. And every one of us has been the beneficiary if we've come to Christ of that grace applied in our life to whatever we've done. But God says to us, I don't condemn you, but go and sin no more. But we have to earn the right with people to share that with them. We have to build relationships. They have to know that we care. They have to know a God who loves them. And then we can reveal the truths of God's word and help them to grow in that just as we're growing. But it has to be done in love. And finally, Jesus says, do not be unnecessarily persistent. says in verse 6, do not give what is holy to dogs. Do not throw your pearls before swine lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. And you say, well, that's kind of harsh. Dogs and, and pigs were unclean animals in those days. And the simple explanation for that is some are just not ready to hear. Proverbs 23, 9 says, Do not speak in the hearing of a fool, for he will despise the wisdom of your words. We need to be aware that not everybody's going to be receptive to the message that we have. Some will be confused. And some may turn hostile. But we can ask God for the wisdom to know when to proceed with more and sometimes when to just plant the seeds and move on. Because sometimes if we keep persisting, like we said before, we're going to push them away. Or it may turn ugly. They may turn on us. Sometimes we need to just leave it there. And move on and trust that God will take care of it. We should not waste our time or theirs if they're not receptive. In Acts thirteen forty five and 46, it says, When the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and began contradicting the things spoken by Paul and were blaspheming. And Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly and said, It was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first, since you repudiated and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life, Behold, we are turning to the Gentiles. They were commanded to speak the the truth to the Jew first and then to the Greek, which they did. But when the Jews rejected it, they turned to the Gentiles. Our job is to share the good news. We can't make anyone accept it. Sometimes people will engage in conversations and discussions with us. Other times they will not. We need to understand the best thing that we can do when they're not willing is to leave it there so we don't push too hard push them away or make things worse we must trust everyone in god's hands and pray that he will water and grow the seeds that we plant you know i've had this happen before i can recall it's probably been 30 years now a friend that that i felt god had put on my heart to share the gospel with him and he wasn't ready. And I have to say, I probably pushed harder than I needed to. But there came a point where I just realized he's not hearing it and he's actually getting angry with me. So I stopped. I just backed off. And when I'd see him, we'd talk about sports and that kind of stuff, and I'd just be his friend. Y'all, it was two years. Two years I get a phone call out of the blue. Hey, man. Hey, man. Can you meet me at the church? I'm ready to talk about Jesus. And he gave his life to Christ that day. Not because of anything I did. Because of what God did. But sometimes we're the ones who are supposed to plant the seeds. And then we need to leave them. And somebody else will water. God's going to bring the growth. We may not even see the fruit. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't we just need to make sure that we're prayed up, that we're obedient to what God is telling us to do, that we're just putting it out there. And then if someone gives us permission to engage them further, then we do. And if they ask us a question, then we answer. But we just got to make sure that we're not, let's just say it like we say it, not being too pushy. None of us is better than anyone else. As God's children, we should live an example before the world and look for opportunities to share our faith. But above all, show the love of God to everyone we come in contact with and trust him to take care of the rest. I'm going to ask you now, is there an area in our life that, that we need to, maybe it's not even that we're being judgmental to people, maybe it's not even that we're, calling out people's faults but maybe we're just neglecting to see the areas in our life that we need God to change or that we need to improve in maybe we, we, it's this attitude of you know yeah, I'm, I'm good I do a couple of things but not too bad but why settle for good when God offers better and why settle for better when God offers the best Even though we won't reach perfection in this life. If you stop growing what happens? You die. As we sing good good father which he is. I want to invite you. If God lays something on your heart and you need to deal with that. You need to make any kind of decision. Make it public. Come down and pray. Have one of us pray with you. This is your time. This is your opportunity. We're about to sing our our final song, and as, as we do, you be obedient to what God is saying to you as we stand and as we sing.